Amen. It's good to be with you this morning, and I've got to meet a few of you, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to be here. And I'd like to introduce myself. Many of you uh, probably do not know me. My name is John Reeves, and um, I'm originally from Texas. I was born in Dallas, and uh, some people like to refer to it as the Holy Land, but uh, I'll leave it there. But anyways, uh, I've, uh, I'm a missionary. I've, I've lived the life of missionary from both sides. My dad was a missionary and my uncle. Uh, we left in, in uh, 76, 77. Uh, we left Dallas, and my dad went to school in Springfield, Missouri. And uh, God called my dad to go to be a missionary to the Eskimos in the island of Greenland and uh, also to the Indians and Eskimos in northern Canada. And so we went, uh, like a long story short, we left uh, America, Dallas, Texas, and we went to 300 miles north of the Arctic Circle. And uh, we, didn't, we had been in the big city life and didn't know how to start a fire. Uh, we didn't know what a snow machine was and all these things. And so you talk about a learning curve. Amen. And uh, we got there and they, uh, they lied to us. Before we got there, they said they had running water. Uh, we got there, they had running water, but you had to run and get it. Amen. <laughs> and uh, so our life completely changed in a very short period of time. And so I grew up in Canada in, in the 300 miles north of the Arctic Circle. Our average temperature, if you think here is cold, uh, was 40 below zero was our average. It warmed up to minus 20, and uh, we saw it as cold as minus 70. And uh, so uh, Dallas, Texas don't know anything about that. Amen. 40 degrees is freezing. And uh, so uh, I grew up in Canada. Um, Dad went to the southern part of Canada to the uh, city of uh, Brandon, Manitoba, uh, Winnipeg, in this area. And it was there uh, that God called me in May of 1998 to go to the Czech Republic. And uh, so we began to work towards that. We went and visited churches and these things. And uh, uh, by April of 2000, uh, we were in the Czech Republic. We went to the capital of Prague first. And, uh, and uh, then we moved to where we're at now in almost Czech Republic, all the way on the eastern side. We're about an hour south of the Polish border and about an hour west of uh, the Slovakian border. And uh, we moved there with our four children. And uh, now our two oldest are, are in the States, Kendall and Micah. And uh, my, my daughter just recently told me that I'm going to be a, a grandpa here shortly. And, uh, and so next stage of life for us. And uh, we still have our two uh, youngest ones with us. And I'll go ahead and introduce my wife too. This is Rachel, who just sang here. And then Kayla. And then Natasha. Uh, we lived in Europe. I said we have to have at least one European name. And uh, Natasha. And for our area with the, the Slavic background and that. And I appreciate my family. Could not do it without them. Amen. And I uh, appreciate them very much. Uh, appreciate this church very much, your hospitality. I've uh, enjoyed uh, getting to meet your pastor, and uh, we've known each other for a number of years now. And uh, we've known, I was trying to think of this first time I've been to this church, about eight, nine years ago. And uh, time flies. And I uh, appreciate your pastor and uh, his heart for this ministry, for you folks. And uh, you need to wrap your arms around him. Amen. Uh, pastors are, are true pastors are a rare breed. Uh, they're becoming fewer and fewer. There's a lot of preachers. There's a lot of pastors, but not a, very few real pastors. Amen. And your pastor has a heart for what he does and for you folks. And 
and I appreciate that, and I see it in him. Um, your pastor told me about meeting out here in the tent, and uh, the sun shining. God gave us perfect weather this morning, amen? It's not raining on us, and it's not the bright, bright sunshine. But he, he said that the sun cast a shadow, and it would be about right here when I preached, started preaching. And the time I got here, it was a sign that I should stop preaching, amen? <laughs> no, he was just kidding, but uh, we talked about that earlier. Amen. All right, I appreciate you folks. Uh, your pastor let, called me, I don't know it was how many months ago, and said, uh, uh, we want to take on your ministry uh, there in the Czech Republic. And uh, what a blessing that was to our family. And uh, to be behind uh, what God has laid on our hearts to reach the Czech people. Uh, and so we're so thankful for that, uh, for your faithfulness and for having a heart for missions. Amen. That's the very fire of the church. And uh, a lot of churches, that fire is not there. And uh, I appreciate your uh, desire for missionaries and for our mission work there in the Czech Republic. Uh, it's all about winning souls. Amen. And uh, our, our country is 10 and a half million people. And uh, we were what was called behind the Iron Curtain uh, for, for almost 48, 45 years of communism and uh, where we had no freedom of religion. And that's why I see the freedom that we have in America so much differently because I've lived in a post-communist country for so long and I'm thankful for the freedoms that we do have. And we need to thank God every day, amen, for the freedoms to worship God openly. Uh, we'd be amazed at how many countries today that even today that would, this would not be allowed. Amen. And we take our freedoms for granted. And if we do that too much, we're going to lose them. Amen. And uh, so I'm so thankful this morning to be here with you. And um, uh, all right. Is there anything else I can remember? All right. Let's take our Bibles this morning. And we'll be looking at Romans chapter 8 in just a minute. <clears throat> they speak a Slavic type language in the Czech Republic. Uh, the Sl Slavic language is very, is, uh, languages is Czech, uh, Polish, uh, Russian. And so I, I'm thinking that I'm probably the first Texan to ever learn the Czech language. And it didn't do me well. I don't know much about Texans, but Texans, we drew our words out. I mean, draw them out and slur our words. The more you better, the better Texan you are. Amen. Something like this. But uh, I had to really clear up my accent in order to speak uh, uh, check and so uh, that was see God's wonder in that all it was a blessing uh, to be able to get it down amen all right <clears throat> let's take uh, our Bibles Romans chapter 8 this morning and uh, let's go to the Lord and pray Lord we love you thank you for your goodness to us thank you for these dear folks thank you for their love for you thank you I enjoyed this morning the uh, the prayer request and the, and the singing uh, Lord it so stirred my heart and this morning uh, praying with uh, some dear folks, Lord, just before this service, how it blessed my heart. And praying for your uh, blessings upon this service and the blessings upon the preaching. And Lord, I need you, Lord, this morning. Uh, Lord, I pray you hide me behind the cross, that you be uplifted in our midst. And that, Lord, you talk to us and encourage us and challenge us where we need to be challenged. And uh, be with us these next few minutes. We love you. Thank you for all that you have done. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You know, we're living in uncertain times. Uh, this last year and a half has really changed the world a lot, hasn't it? The pandemic, because of that, the loss of livelihoods, people lost everything. And the world coming unglued. We're seeing things that we never thought we'd ever see. Uh, it's, it's, it's just a different world. 
People say the new norm. We hear, we've heard all of this in the last year, year and a half. And uh, God says in the Word of God that the end times said that man's hearts would be felling them for the fear of those things that are coming upon the earth. We're there. We're there. You know, we don't know what the future holds for us, but we know who holds tomorrow. Amen. 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 So we don't have to walk it blindly. We don't need to focus on those things around us. We need to focus on Jesus Christ. There are a lot of people that don't have that focused, and uh, they're losing it. Amen? And they're, they're running, they're scrambling, and all these things, but we don't have to God's people. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but a group this size, I know there'll be a lot of different things and, and uh, uncertainties and fears and things that we're going through. And... Uh, but you know, like the disciples, we must, unlike the disciples, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ and not on the storms. Remember Peter, as soon as he got his eyes, he got out of the boat and started walking to Christ. And as soon as his eyes got off of Christ and on the storms, what direction did he go? He went down. And he kept going down until his eyes got back on Jesus Christ. I want to talk this morning about our relationship with Jesus Christ. Our relationship with Jesus Christ. How is our relationship? This morning, has it began? Are you saved this morning? I challenge you this morning, if you're not saved, you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Don't put it off. God says we're not assured of tomorrow. Thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. It is as a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes the way. You can't count on tomorrow. And so I would not lay my head on the pillow tonight if you do not know where you're going to spend eternity. Jesus Christ said in 1 John chapter 5, He says, These things have I written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. It's not a, a hope-so salvation. God sells a no-so a, a, a no salvation. Amen. At the expense of his son. When I was thinking of this message, a song came to mind. Uh, you might have heard of it, might not have heard of it. I tried to find it in your song book. It's an old hymn, and it's entitled, Now It Is Jesus and Me. Jesus and Me. And I thought of this song, and I referred to it a lot in this message, and uh, I couldn't find it in your song book, so I printed it off. And uh, if I get somebody, maybe one per family here, and uh, it's the old hymns. I was talking with your pastor about how we talked about the, the old hymns. And uh, it's like, remember David when he went to the priest and uh, he needed a weapon. And the priest said, all I have here is Goliath's sword. And David said, give me it. There's none like it. That's why I say about the King James Bible. Amen. Give me the King James. There's nothing like it. And uh, uh, when it talks about the old hymns, there's nothing like it. The old hymns. Amen cannot be replaced. And so I'm going to be referring to this song, to the message. Of course, can use the Word of God. But we're going to look at this song, Jesus and Me, because this morning we're talking about our relationship with Jesus Christ. How is it? As we talk, or sorry, as we walk in this life, we need to be, de be determined that it will be Jesus and me. 
I'm not going to walk away. I'm not going to leave him off here. He's going to, it's going to be Jesus and me. We need to say with Peter, you remember Peter was with, and his disciples were Jesus, and it was a time when it said that a lot of his disciples walked away from him to not re ever return. And then Jesus return, uh, looked at his disciples, looked at Peter and says, will you also walk away? Will you also leave me? We need to say like Peter's response. I, I like it very much. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Peter said, Lord, I'm not going anywhere. That's what we need to say with determination this morning. I'm not going anywhere. Let us ask the question like Paul asked in Romans chapter 8. I asked you to turn earlier. Romans chapter 8 and verse 35. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sore? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Verse 38, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor debt, nor any creature, any other creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God. And God's people said, Amen, Amen. amen. Which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We should say nothing... No nothing in life is going to separate me from Jesus. He said, none of these things separate from us, but sometimes we separate ourselves from Him. We need to have this drive and determination that nothing is going to se separate us. Nothing. You know, people and Christians today, I find, are becoming very fickle. And fickle in the dictionary means this wavering, un inconstant, unstable, changeable, of a changeable mind, not firm in opinion or purpose. We need to be people of determination. I am, Jesus Christ says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank God that he does not change. We follow Jesus Christ close in our relationship. We also will be unchangeable. Amen. We'll stay firm. I tell you now that Christ's people, you know, Jesus says none of these things, Paul said, none of these things will separate me. But God's people sometimes do allow what here in Romans 8 to get between them and God. Sometimes we allow tribulations, distresses, persecutions, things in life, things that are present, things to come to get between us and God. And we shouldn't. We need to say no matter what happens, it's going to be Jesus and me. Jesus and me on this relationship hinges everything this morning. Everything hangs in the balance or is to be counted on this relationship, Jesus and me. It's what our life is going to rely on. Our crowns in heaven is counting on. Our marriages are counting on. That relationship. 
Our marriages cannot succeed without it being Jesus and me. It's an impossibility. The future of our children are depending on our relationship between Jesus and me. It's the very foundation our life is dependent on. Everything in our life rises and falls based upon what happens with this relationship, Jesus and me. The first point we see is that first verse I gave you in that printout of this song. It says, I traveled alone upon this lonesome way. My burdens were heaven, heavy and dark was my day. I looked for a friend, not knowing that he had all of the time been looking for me. First point is we do have a friend. We do have a friend. There will be times when we feel that we're walking all alone, as that, the verse there says in the, in the song, I travel alone upon this lonesome way. You want to, we want to live right, do right. It is a lonely path. But the Bible, we need to remember, as we'll be seeing in a moment as well, it's Jesus and me. We do have a friend in Jesus this morning. The Bible says that we have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You know, some we pride ourselves in that we have a close friends. They say we're fortunate if we have three or four, two or three or four close friends. Close friends. In this during the course of our life. But you know what? We have the best of the best of the closest friends, Jesus Christ. And his closeness, our closeness to him will see us through the dark times. A couple of dic dictionary definitions about friends is friends, they define it this way, a person who know, you know well and regard with affection and trust. Another definition says an associate who provides assistance. This is a friend. But I rejoice that this morning we have Jesus who is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Amen. He far exceeds those descriptions you find in the dictionary of a friend. He's always there. He is almighty God. He never forsakes us or leaves us alone. Nothing can separate us from his love. Amen. Hallelujah. Nothing can separate us from his love. I love John 15. You look in the gospel of John chapter 15 this morning. John 15 and verse 13. It says, greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his, his life for his friends. What a friend. He did so much. Died on the cross, thus protecting us, providing for us, forgiving us, teaching us, encouraging us, giving us strength, taking our burdens upon himself, and much, much more. What a friend we have in Jesus. I'd love to sing that song. I'm sure you've seen that here. What a friend we have in Jesus. That verse goes on. It says, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and grief to bear. Griefs. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. What a privilege to take our prayers, as was mentioned earlier, to the throne of grace before Him. 
So this, this first verse says, I traveled alone upon this lonesome way. My burdens were heavy and dark was my day. I looked for a friend, not knowing that he had all the time been looking for me. We need to get ourselves all wrapped up in this relationship, this friendship, Jesus and me this morning. There's no such thing as a halfway Christian. Amen. Shouldn't be. Really can't be in this relationship. You know, we give our hearts to our spouse. They want all our hearts. Amen. Not just part of it. Same with Jesus Christ. The second verse there this morning in this relationship, Jesus and me, is we, what a friend we have. The second verse says, the road may be long to heaven's pearly gate. I know that it's narrow. I know that it's straight. But Jesus is there through eternity. We'll travel along just Jesus and me. This relationship this morning, Jesus and me, is a narrow and straight path. Amen? Narrow and straight. Look with me, if you would, in Matthew chapter 7. When I think of this verse, I think of the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7. I appreciate your attention this morning. I, I love the, the freedom, liberty I felt this morning before I got up here. And uh, really look forward to coming up here and preaching God's Word. You've already been a blessing to my family so much. In a way you never know. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Saying, that's where most go in. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way. That's the Jesus way, Amen. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The way. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leads unto life, and few there be that find it. I remember my dad, when he got saved, he wasn't raised in a Christian home. He got saved at the age of 23. And the first time he ever experienced what it was like to have a father. His father left him and his mom and five other siblings and just left the home. He grew up without a dad. Didn't know what it was to have a dad. And so at the age of 23, he asked Christ to save him. And God had been working on him and on his heart. And he finally said, Lord, save my soul. He tells a story. My dad since passed away. He's been in heaven for the last six years now. He talked about how he was shaving, get ready to go to church. And the Holy Spirit said, you might die on the way to church. You need to get saved right now. He turned around, he turned around right there. He said, the bathtub was my altar. He said, I bawled out my eyes before God and said, God, save me. And he gave his heart to Jesus. God called him. The first two weeks of his Christian life, he said, Lord, kill me. First time in his life to be ever experienced to be loved by a father. He said, God, this world is not my home. I don't want to be here anymore. Take me on. Two weeks praying that every day. At the end of two weeks, God says, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to take you home yet. He said, i got a job for you to do. He called my dad to preach two weeks after he got saved. Wasn't raised in a church, wasn't raised in a Christian home. I'm sure he really didn't know what called to preach really meant. But he said, I surrender. Within a couple months of him getting saved, he was enrolled in, in a Bible college in Springfield, Missouri. He was there because his brother was already had gotten saved and surrendered there, so he went there. He got, shortly got there and he said, God, I don't know anything about the Bible. I don't know if some of these things are right or wrong. 
He said, Dear Father, I want you to teach me. And he surrendered himself to God and, he, and asked God to, uh, to teach him. And uh, as he got in it, as he saw the word of God said, he believed it. He said he believed it in childlike faith. And so as he go on that course, he had professors that didn't like that. Because he didn't comply to what was being taught. God said, you're saying, my dad would say, you're saying this, but the Bible says this. They didn't like that. He was called into the office by one of the professors. He says, you are so narrow-minded, you can see through a keyhole with both eyes at the same time. My dad said, I wore it with a badge of honor. Amen. I must be doing something right. Narrow-minded. The truth and the way is narrow and straight. No gray areas. Amen. We said last night, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. That's what the Bible says. To be on the Lord's path is to be the narrow straight way. Few there be that find it, the Bible says. And we need to take warning. The path is not a well-liked one. It's not popular. It, it costs to live the Christian life. As I'm so reminded again and again, living in the Czech Republic, a former communist country, they, many different ones paid with their lives. Sometimes it's not easy, this path. God says we're pilgrims in a strange land. If we're going to maintain our friendship with Jesus this morning and have a Jesus and me relationship, we must stay on the narrow path. Christian, very often we, we choose the path of least resistance. Very seldom is the easy way, the right way. Very seldom, if ever, the right way. Choose the least resistant, but it's, it's uh, at the expense of our, at our relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus said in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12, He said, Yea, and all, not some, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You don't have to go looking for it. It'll find you. Amen. When faced with a difficult decision in life, we must always choose right over wrong. We must choose Jesus over ourself and our will. Let thy will be done. That's the right path. That's the best path for your, for your family, for your, for your marriage, for your children. Don't go with the norm. Don't go with the flow. Because then you'll go where they're going. We must choose the narrow way over the broad way. And then we'll have the great relationship, a strong relationship this morning with Jesus Christ. One thing we need to realize in this narrow path. Something we need to realize. Look at the song again, verse 2. That while we're in this struggle, in this pilgrim way. And it seems that like the world is all against us. And we're all alone at times. It said the road may be long to heaven's pearly gate. I know that it's narrow. I know that it's straight. You see what it says there on the third line? But Jesus is there. He said this morning, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You choose the right path, the right thing, you'll have relatives against you. I remember I had, even in church at times, I, I was my dad's assistant pastor for about six years. And uh, I started raising my family and my children. And... Uh, I remember some of my dad later told me, he said, they were going to me and saying, you're a little bit too strict with your kids. You think he's too strict in these things. And, 
And, uh, and so they were against us in these things. That said, just leave them alone. I had almost every single one of those families later on and says, you were doing it right. You know, you won't have sometimes people with you when you choose the right way. But you got to stick to it no matter what. Jesus is with us this morning. The disciples were called upon the, to cross the, the Galilee Sea. I've had the pleasure of seeing the Sea of Galilee to be there. He told them to cross over. You read that passage, he is telling them to cross over in the storm. Go through that storm. God sends us through storms, through the rough seas. They thought they were all alone in that situation. But when they looked up in the storms, Jesus was walking on the water. And he said he would have passed them, but he stopped because they cried out. Jesus was with them. And this morning you might feel like you're all alone, the lonesome way, the lonely way. But don't listen to the devil's lie. Jesus is with you this morning. Amen. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. I don't care if it's a pandemic. Amen. He didn't cause him to run around and panic. Amen. God is in control. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He, he cried out, Jesus said, peace be still. This morning, Jesus can still calm the raging seas. I don't know what you're going through. It might seem like all is lost. I went through some dark days when my dad passed away. It was very difficult. He was my dad, but he was my pastor. And on and on the thing it went, but Jesus never left me. He could still say, peace be still in the storms. On this narrow road, remember Proverbs 23, 23, it says there, it says, buy the truth and sell it not. A lot of times truth gets sold very cheaply. Very cheap. Compromise. Don't sell the truth this morning for any cause. Don't sell out to the world. Don't sell yourself out, your family out. Stay on the right side. Amen. It's always right to do right. Always wrong to do wrong. Amen. Never. So to choose Jesus is to choose right, to do right, be right. To choose Jesus and me is to choose the narrow and straight path this morning. Last point we see here. Jesus and me involves telling others. Look at verse 3. Forever I'll sing of His great love to me. Forever I'll tell it on land and on sea. I'll stay by His side contented I'll be. For all of my life it's Jesus and me. How content are we this morning? Contentment comes by being Jesus and me. It's not me and the world. It's not me and things. It's not me and a great job. Nothing can fill contentment but Jesus and me. This world is trying to find contentment in things. That's why debt is soaring. Personal debt in America is so much higher than the national debt. Why? Because people are trying to buy contentment. They're trying to buy happiness. I've always said if that could be done, then the people in Hollywood would be the happiest people on the planet. Why do so many of them commit suicide? All these things that they go through. 
Why? Because you cannot purchase happiness. You cannot purchase contentment. God says godliness with contentment is great gain. Amen. So it says forever I'll tell it. One can, can't have a close relationship with Jesus Christ without also being involved in telling others. During Jesus' earthly ministry, if you were going to spend the day with Jesus, it was all about others. It wasn't about himself. He would always go to heal this person. And on his way there, he'd be stopped by having to heal this person and heal this person and this person. It was all about others. Forever ministering to others and telling others about himself. You know, as, as this world, I would say America, but the world as a whole, we have gone from, have, you know, we're going in, in a godly nations, what we used to call godly nations, where God was the center of our lives, center of the world, our countries, to where they threw God out. You know what happens when you throw God out of society? Something has to fill that. And we put ourselves in the center of that world instead of God. We call it humanism. And you self-seeking. Seeking what can I get for myself? You want to get discouraged, that happened, that'll do it real fast for you. It's not about us, it's about others, amen. God said more blessed to give than receive. It's amazing the psychologists and stuff, when they try to help somebody with depression. I'm talking about the secular world. You know what they tell them? What They, they don't prescribe them. They, they do the drugs and things. But you know what they do? They tell them, what to help you get it out of the, get this, get depression away from you. It says, get out. Go to the soup kitchen. Go do this. Go do something for somebody else. Isn't that amazing? That's Bible. That's Bible. One cannot be close to Jesus without also having a desire to reach others. We need to be involved more than ever in telling others about Jesus Christ. This world's a dark place. And right now we have a special opportunity, I believe, with this pandemic. And some people have had everything ripped away from them. We have to say, you know what? But Jesus is still here. Jesus wants to save your soul. Nothing can fill that void in your life like Jesus Christ. He wants to save your soul. I believe we have an opportunity during this time. I really do. There are people out there that we need to reach. I like the song that says, send the light. There are souls to rescue. There are souls to save. Send the light. Send the blessed gospel light. We're almost done here this morning. There was a sad, sad poem that I came across in regards to us telling others about Jesus Christ. And this will happen if we don't tell people about Christ, what's in this poem. Are there people in our lives? I'm not sure, maybe you brush one time with, with your, by with your shoulder. I'm talking about people that we see again and again and again that we have not told Jesus Christ to. We cannot fully understand Jesus Christ. We will never met in this body, but we cannot understand him like we can when we tell others about Jesus Christ. This sad poem, I'll read it to you. My friend, I stand in judgment now and feel that you're to blame somehow. On earth I walked with you day by day, 
and never did you point the way. You knew the Lord in truth and glory, but never did you tell me the story. My knowledge then was very dim. You could have led me straight to Him. Though we lived together on earth, you never told me of the second birth. And now I stand this day condemned because you failed to mention Him. You taught me many things. That's true. I called you friend and trusted you. But I learn now that's too late. You could have saved me from this fate. We walked by day and talked by night. And yet you showed me not the light. You let me live and love and die. You knew I'd never live on high. Yes, I called you friend in life. And laughed with you through joy and strife. And yet on coming to the end, I cannot now call you my friend. As that one song says, that sad, sad, bitter well. Those that have a close relationship with God must be about the Father's business. That last there in closing this morning, the chorus says at the end, the chorus says, now it is Jesus and me for each tomorrow. For every heartache and every sorrow, I know that I can depend upon my newfound friend. And so to the end is Jesus and me. The first and second line there says, now it is Jesus and me for each tomorrow. For every heartache and every sorrow. He's there for us this morning. Meaning there when he said for every heartache and every sorrow, meaning no matter what. I'm not going to walk away from God. I'm not going to sell the truth. I'm not going to take the easy road. I'm not going to stray from Him. We need to have this kind of resolve and determination because it's not just us is at stake. It's our families. It's our families. They're, they maybe have stopped listening to necessarily what we're saying, but they're watching us, seeing if we're going to live it. And if we live it, it shows them that it means something that is real. This lost world is looking for something real. There's a lot of fake out there, amen. They're looking at us to live it. Then the songwriter on the third line says, I know that I can depend upon my newfound friend. It's like what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12 and 13. I love this verse. He says, for I know whom I have believed Amen. And am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. We need to have that resolve this morning. Are we, I know whom I believe it. Amen. Amen. He's a friend that sticketh close to the brother so we can know him. He's omniscient. That's strong. We need to have that resolved. If they're not, we need to ask why it's not. God says no man can serve two masters. Either we hate the one and despise the other. No man can serve God and mammon. Can't happen. And lastly, in closing, the last two lines of the course says, we need to hold to that last line as our motto for life. We need to, with commitment and determination, hold on to that last line. And it says, and to the end, to the end, it's Jesus and me. 
It's, we need to be finishers of the faith. Paul says, I finished my course. Us, this morning, just by our presence here, we had not finished ours. You know, it's easy to start something. It's harder to finish. My dad taught me a lot of things. I, I praise God for my dad. He was such a great father to never have had the father. He said, he said early on when he started having children, he said, God, you're going to have to t teach me about this father thing because I don't know nothing about it. I never had an example. My dad was a wonderful father, a great father. But one of the things he taught me, he says, don't ever be a quitter. He gave me the choice to, to, to start something or whatever, but he said, if you start it, then I'm stepping in and saying, you're going to finish it. You know, I'm glad he taught me that. It's easy to start. It's easy to start. Maybe go to church or start reading the Bible or start making these commitments to God. But God says, all right, don't vow a vow and don't pay it. Finish it. Our lost loved ones, our families looking to us to be finishers of the faith. Amen. Up to the end where God will say in heaven, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. To the end. To the end. It says, so to the end is Jesus and me. Nothing is going, we should nothing to say, nothing is going to come between me and my Savior. A lot's dependent on that. A lot at stake. Jesus and me. Lord, we love you this morning. We thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for the attentiveness, Lord, of these dear folks. Lord, you're so good to us. Thank you for the Spirit this morning. Lord, I believe you spoke to us. I pray this morning that, Lord, I don't know what's on the hearts of these people. But Lord, if the Holy Spirit has pointed out something to them, I pray that it would so bother them until they take care of it. Lord, that we be not hearers only, but doers of the word. Lord, I pray you bless. And this morning, if somebody is lost without Jesus Christ, if the question was to be asked, if you were to die today, do you know where you'd spend eternity? If they cannot definitively say, I'm going to be in heaven, I pray, Lord, that they would, not allow, they would not lay their head on the pillow tonight without knowing where they're going to spend eternity. Lord, you purchase salvation upon the cross. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not a works, lest any man should boast. I pray you bless now as the closing of the service. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor.